I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Middle finger up to my commodation. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene by my roof gone. When I leave the scene, bet your boot gone. And I beat the pussy like a new song. Two but I got me a few on Everything hot, skip lukewarm Tell y'all to bust it open, off the loop gone Got a present for the present and a gift wrapping I don't feel good, but my trigger happy But the stripper happy Ladies and gents, back at it again, baby Episode 39, what it do? <laughs> oh, mini oh. Rasta <laughs> Oh shit Marty? Hello How are ya? Back at it Back at it, here we go 39. Marty, Huncho, Teddy, Randrigo's uh, taking the night off again. Fucking guy's going to get fired if he doesn't <laughs> doesn't watch his back. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't work one one shift, change your name and then stop showing up. <laughs> He's dodging <laughs> the system. Guys. Yeah. He's trying to get served from a couple yeah, different places. Yeah, different social insurance numbers for yeah. that guy. Yeah, fuck's sake. Oh, man, yeah, episode 39. That's uh Getting up there, yeah. A little, uh, little two chains intro. Two chains intro, and oh. that is that. You know what? I'm not gonna say I didn't convince Matt of putting <laughs> uh, using Katy Perry as the intro. Hey, it's still a great, great idea that we might still go to. <laughs> yeah, might. Well, we'll take. We'll circle back at yeah. that one. Well, Katy Perry's but got some bangers. That intro by Two Chains pretty much is me. You yes, know, yeah. I I consistently wear. Two chains, one Megan got me. The other one has Rosie's ashes in it. Yeah. So that's, but they're both the same Cuban link. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a, a car that's a convertible, and I roll up to the scene with the ceiling missing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's why people say you're different. <laughs> yeah, fucking oh, full leopard print suit, showing up to a wedding in the middle of winter. One leopard print shirt. Not a suit. Okay. But Maddie's been for a ride in the dart, man. It's awesome. The dart is fun. It yeah. Is, it is pretty sick, sick man. Yeah. Just hair whipping everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he used to be known as Titty Boy. Titty Boy, yeah. Yeah. T I T Y B O I. Okay, so my buddy Blaine has actually met Two Chains. He sells and rents these machines called Sherps. And they're like these crazy four by four amphibious machines. And Two Chains had him in a music video. Oh shit! And he's for at the time he was Western Canada and the states only dealer. Okay. So they bought or rented this machine off him. He went and like trailered <laughs> it down to where Two Chains shot the video. And That's shit. insane. Yeah. That's actually wild. Yeah, it's wild. He's met Matt LeBlanc. He's met Kanye West. Okay, well, t- Two Chains is yeah. <laughs> two Chains and Kanye. Yeah. Joey, Joey Tribbiani. Hey, <laughs> hey, maybe he's chilling with Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh fuck, man, that is it's nuts. It's wild, yeah, it's cool. Two chains. He's a good baller too, uh, a mm-hmm. hooper for sure. I've and I've seen clips of his show, uh, the most expensivest. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's pretty sick. Like, I'm going to smoke the most expensivest joint known to mankind. And it's, like, rolled in gold leaf and shit like that. Yeah. Titty boy. Titty boy. All right, well. well 39. 39. Episode Minka Fitzpatrick of the mm. BFB. Now, if you prefer, uh, you could have gone Jamal Agnew, uh, Brandon Carr, longtime DB, recently released, Ray Crockett, cornerback for the Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos, running back Larry Sonka, uh, pretty famous Miami Dolphins running back, uh, Tayshawn Gibson, safety for Cleveland, Jacksonville, and Houston. He's wearing 38 this year in Chicago. Uh, running back Steven Jackson, who used to play for the Rams and then the Falcons, absolute beast. Uh, Terrence Money Mitchell, cornerback for the Cleveland Browns, current. Uh, Willie Parker, former running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And your boy, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. (laughs) (laughs) Running back, New England and San Diego. Hey, man, he was good. He was good back in the day. Yeah. Really like that that little hybrid, shifty, Mm -hmm. you know. And... And talented? <laughs> Is that the word? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Oh fuck! And Dougie Wait. And Doug Wait, yeah. Ep Dougie Wait. Ep Doug Wait. Yeah, there's lots of talk about. What do you think about that Ring of Honor? Instead yeah. of retiring, like obviously there's those guys, those fringe Oilers. Would you just put, impose like a Ring of Honor and then put guys like Smith on there, Doug Wait on there? Fernando Pisani, Kevin Lowe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a Ring of Honor is not bad, and you could still like use their jersey and stuff. But they should retire Smitty's. Smitty gets the full retirement. I right? would, say yeah, so. I think so. I think so. But yeah, it would be good for guys like you know that were very good for a certain period. Mm-hmm. Like fuck, toss Cujo up there. Yeah, why not? You know, Steve Pinizzato. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you know, uh, Pacarinen, all these, all these legends. Who was the guy, Linus Olmark? Yeah. Doesn't Stu have an Olmark jersey or somebody has an Olmark jersey? No, I don't think anybody oh, does. The tw- I was at the game he did that spinorama. The twirl. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, completely unnecessary. Totally. <laughs> oh, fuck. The fins. Uh, who's putting us on the air tonight? Well, it's a special sponsor to this week. Um... It's a local guy in the neighborhood, and yeah. that's... Uh, not Ben Benson. Not Ben Benson. Not Charles Charleston. No. Um, not Slippery Doris. Ooh, yeah. 6'9", <laughs> at com. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my local friendly neighborhood Bobcat guy. Yeah. And... Bobcat guy. <laughs> who... The Bobcat guy, who I did have a bit of a quarrel with. At one point. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a quarrel. It was full-on beef. Yes. Sirloin. I had, I had beef with the Bobcat guy because he would do everybody's sidewalks but mine. And, like, I'm the only guy fucking grinding out 12-hour days on the block, man. Everybody's retired. They got lots of time to shovel their sidewalks. I still do, but unlike Maddie today when I walked in. Hey, the pod doesn't write itself. Okay. All right. Priorities all right. too. All right. All right. All right. All right. So on Sunday, Maddie's over watching a little little football, watching a little red zone, and uh, Buddy Mo from Springfield, and I'm complaining because the the Bobcat guy is doing the neighbors in front of their house where they would park cars. You're watching the street more than you were the games. Yes, I was. I was focused on. <laughs> the Look street. at this guy! Look so, at this guy! <laughs> so at, at one point, it was down. 
I was going to buy a Spite Bobcat just to do my own and nobody (laughs) else's. But in the Bobcat, right? Maybe I'd drive it up and down the street a little bit. But then, as the tides would turn and the, the... Fortune favors the dicks, you know? (laughs) The bobcat guy starts doing it in front of my house, too. Yeah. So, I went out and I gave him a beer. Yeah. Stood there, said about five words to him. He crushed this beer. I didn't even have one. And then I went back inside. He finished. It was nice. Slammed it. The guy's wearing a bandana on his head. Yeah. Nice pair of wraparound Oakleys. Yeah. Nice white (laughs) pair of sunglasses. It was good. But now me and Bobcat Guy, now we're buddies. Yeah. And it's, you know what? Best to know those guys in your neighborhood that'll scratch your back (sighs) and take care of you. Exactly. Our driveway snowed in. Old man winter. (laughs) That's right. I fill your driveways with ice and snow. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's what. Stop. Mr. Wow. Get out, you lousy season. All right, I'm going. <laughs> My head hurts. I have to lie down for a while. Yay! Hello, I'm Mr. Plow. Are you tired of having your hands cut off by snow blowers and the inevitable heart attacks that come with shoveling snow? Uh-huh. Then call Klondike 53226. Call now and receive a free t-shirt. He could still surprise you. But I'm a real tightwad. Can I afford this remarkable system? Absolutely. My prices are so low, you'll think I've suffered brain damage. You are fully bonded and licensed by the city, aren't you, Mr. Plow? Shut up, boy. Ah! So remember, call Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. Well, <laughs> oh man, Mr. Oh, Plow. Oh. I thought I was going to be Mr. Plow. Dude, you weren't going to be Mr. Plow. You were going to be the Plow King. <laughs> well, well, if it isn't Mr. Plow. Plow King, save some for me. Wow, Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite on the entire show better make that call to the plow king yeah i should have started rundle spite bobcat yeah well and you could have brought it to the shop and give it a sick paint job oh yeah yeah for sure flames yeah absolutely <laughs> nothing but oh shit well should we jump into q a yeah we should but right before uh I think we've exhausted every possible uh, th- thread and avenue of information on Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We'll keep sniffing around and see what comes up. But uh, I thought we could do a little Alex uh, Alex Trebek tribute. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Legend. Uh, legend. Absolute Canadian icon, uh, world icon. Like the th- totally. The videos that are coming out with uh, 
I don't know. Like, did you see that one with the guy? It was the. It literally aired a week before Trebek uh, unfortunately passed away. But it was a guy thanking him and said, "Like, I learned English mm-hmm. sitting on my grandfather's lap watching Jeopardy because mm. of you. Yeah. So thank you. You know, like all these things are coming out. Um, but the, and this has been kind of circling too. But somebody put together there was a episode where there was a full football category. Oh, and nice. how the uh, how the contestants did. <laughs> Uh, football 200. Your choice. Do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. What is it, Gord? Wildcat? It's an option play. Right? Okay. Oh. <laughs> you keep trying to keep uh, up. Football 400. <laughs> I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. Don't know. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Ryan, take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Well, it's a fair catch, obviously. <laughs> Hell yeah, boy. <laughs> one fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. Uh, and they are called offsetting penalties. Well, Let's that's look just, at the, uh, <laughs> just for the fun of it. <laughs> Jimmy, as Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. Purple people either. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple people eaters? Well done, Gordon. I got the hard ones. 1600 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Walking around money. Walking around <laughs> money. Put it in my pocket. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rest in peace, Alex. Yeah. Um, Maybe an icon. That's right. Yeah. Big time. Uh, moving along. Text and answer. Our first question comes in from East Van Andy. He said, watching Brandon Cooks heat up the last few weeks after cutting him has been tough. He, sna- he was snapped up by another manager, and his newfound consistency hurts now that Cup has only managed to have a decent day, decent day every three games or so. And Dalvin Cook's incredible performances have made Justin Jefferson almost unstartable. What are your guys' biggest one-that-got-away players this year? I've also had Curtis Samuel on my roster twice, and he currently is not. <laughs> He's Van Andy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you have the changeover that I do, it's tough. Because yeah. there's lots of guys that come and go. They're just... Cooking you know, from like, every jar, man. Yeah, like <laughs> farts in the wind, man. They just fucking... They come and they go. But the one that really hurts me tonight, and I was talking to Maddie about, is Naheem Hines. Because I had him last week. Had to, had to flex him. Got me, like, fucking less than five points. And if I would have hung on to him this week and played him, would have been a cool 24. <laughs> Fuck. But... Career day. Career yeah, day. career day. He had a career day on nobody's roster. Oh my god! Well, so that's the one I'm going with today. Yeah, but at least like saving grace. How much did you pay for Naheem Hines to get him? Nothing. 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 Kellen paid thirty three. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, for me, it was hard. I I don't know. I don't really have much regret, mainly because. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a very good team or players that have been on it. Uh, so maybe in the 40, it would be Corey Davis if I had to pick one. Or probably uh, the Philly D. 
mm. uh, them. And then in the triple F, uh, it would definitely be the tenth round pick that I just gave to Robbie as part of a fucking side bet. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> so that's yeah. the one I missed, and I uh, it got away. Now I got two fifteenths. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, too bad you can't pick a kicker twice. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, backup kicker. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Kitten Boy has two on his roster right now. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Wouldn't drop Young Ho Ko. <laughs> oh, Young Ho Ko. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Young Ho Ko. <laughs> I think when the Young Ho Ko. I think it's when he pronounces yeah, it. You, you think everybody's an ooh Jaboo. <laughs> it is Jaboo, man. It's not Jabo. <laughs> Hebo, <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Hebo, hi boy. Okay, where were we? Okay, second question. Uh, we want to hit clickbait, clickbait Clark's clickbait Clark's yeah. questions. Yeah, we do. He, you know what? Clark is always good for about two or three solid questions. Yeah, and I love it. They're generally about uh, Chicago. Yeah, which is not a team I pay too too much attention to, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, says, hey boys, uh, I like most expected Antonio Brown to be fed targets by Brady last weekend. So like a pathetic loser, I started him over Christian Kirk and lost my week because of it. <laughs> Was this a flash in the pan or will the curse of the Tony Brown plague the Bucks heading down the stretch? Um, I think he's got to fight for targets in that, that system. And he just, just started, yeah. you know? A lot of mouths. Tom wasn't playing no. good at all. No. Uh, In fact, he's done of the week. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough to... Uh, did you do duds? I think we both did duds. Well, we'll see. We'll get there. Oh, I might have been... I might have did buds. Oh, I did <laughs> I did buds. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think with, with Tom it's, uh, and Antonio... I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it took a it took a few weeks for Brady to learn the system. It's going to take Antonio Brown. True, but there are yeah, like you said, there are a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, and now good... Gronk's patching, catching passes. Yeah, Gronk's back in play. Godwin's coming off the hand. Evans is always uh, five yards and in threat. It seems. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I guess the other thing that needs to be factored in is. Brady throughout his career is is so good after a game in which he laid an egg. Oh, totally. Like he always bounces back pretty well. So yeah. maybe I would I would probably go with him again this week. Christian Kirk though has been quietly putting together a nice little season. Yeah, he has been. He has been. And Kyler Murray's playing unreal. Yeah, he's he's uh we'll talk about a bit more in dank stats, but his numbers right now rival what Lamar did last year. Totally. So, and it's not getting much attention. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I would have faith. It's hard with Kirk, though. Ah, oh, man. He's a tough start. He's... Tony. Tony Brown. AD. Tony Brown yeah. and Christian Kirk. They both are. Because yeah. it's it's hit and miss, right? Well, I think you got more, you got a, more of a safety net if you go Kirk. Because he's really carved out that second spot. Yeah. Antonio Brown, it's hard to know what where he'll exactly slide in. So, obviously, you're not going to cut him. But, yeah, maybe, maybe okay. I would probably maybe go Kirk sit this on week. Yeah, yeah, sit, sit on, on this him week, for a week. See what happens. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, second question from Clarky. He says, I draft multiple leagues for LOL. I'm a junkie. 
And from my experience, I'd rather draft at the turn in a snake format to snipe two players at the end of my first round. It seems to work better for me anyways. I ask this as I've got CMC, who I took number one in my work league, and has devastated my season among other poor managing decisions. <laughs> in summation, would you prefer to pick in the first few picks of this for the stud RB or have the luxury of more depth at the turn? Uh, I I think the wheelhouse is like between two and seven. Really? Yeah. Hmm. See, I would prefer uh, probably the range between eight, eight to twelve. Eight to, to twelve. To be honest, yeah. And I don't mind that uh, that turn in the, in the snake draft. If you go first overall, okay, this year you take McCaffrey. It's a long time till you get your time. second pick. Yeah. And then it's boom, boom. And you have to make sure as the first overall drafter that you're hitting on those other those two and three. Yeah, you do. Because your team can be real shitty real quick. It can't be a one-player uh, one team. That doesn't work in fantasy. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind the... Uh... Yeah, and then there's sometimes... I guess when you're waiting towards the end, you're kind of hoping that the people in front of you make some sillier decisions. Or some decisions that you don't want to be ha- uh, you don't want to face yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like God, make this guy go away so that totally. he's not even on my on my radar. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that's just my personal. When a guy preference. like David Johnson's rolling around. Yeah, exactly. It's just like <laughs> Lev on Bell, yeah. Todd Gurley, like fuck. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Right. right? You're like, I, well, I kind of got like handcuffed to take Bell, and I'm like, fuck. Well, he's got to have a better year this year. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. I don't know. I prefer the the end of the snake draft. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for me. Oh shit. Okay. Well, uh, next question comes in three parter from. From day one fan and listener BDN. First question is, are the Browns making the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I I think so. I think I think just looking at their schedule ahead, they have Houston coming up this week, which should be a win. Obviously, lots of should ofs and could ofs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is typically what you'd hope would happen. But yeah, they've got Houston coming up this week, followed by who the hell's after them? The Eagles, winnable. The Jacksonville Jaguars, winnable. The Titans, at one point, looked scary, but they've kind of been on a slide. Ravens, well, I don't know if we're doing well in that one. The Giants, the Jets, and then the Steelers. So, yeah, I mean, we're sick. They got a few winnable games down the stretch. Yeah, I think, I honestly think nine games, nine wins should get you that spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, That second wild card at, at the very least. And I think there's at least four winnable games. Right now they're sitting at five and three. Um, yeah, I think they do. What yeah, I do? hope so. I mean, um, especially if there is an extended format. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you got to think, Baltimore should probably turn it on. Pittsburgh's obviously winning the division, I would assume. Yeah. Um, they already got that tie break over yeah. the Ravens. So. And so, I mean, it just depends on the rest of the AFC. True. Right. True. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors in play. Like, there are a lot of factors. I mean, the Dolphins are coming on pretty strong here. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously Buffalo is going to be a playoff team too. So yeah, there's a lot, lot going on. But I think the Browns will, will, will pull it out. Maybe the Giants might fucking win their division. Well, funny you say that because uh, <laughs> Nick's second question is: Can the Giants win the NFC East and also make the playoffs? <laughs> I don't think they can. No. Um. <laughs> 
mathematically I mean, yes mathematically <laughs> yes yes is i mean in the words of kevin garnett anything is possible that's true but do i think they will no i i don't think they have the pieces uh they're banged up and i just don't think they're a good enough team yet so who's ahead of them philly washington philly, philly i would say is probably the most complete team there and they're getting healthy too and they're getting healthy yeah. so i think I don't know if if Wentz plays okay and holds on to the ball and doesn't turn it over like old Danny Dimes, <laughs> then uh, then I think Philly will win the division. Well, the uh, the Giants have um, oh fuck yeah they've got uh, Philly this weekend, and then after that they got their bye, and then they've got uh, Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, and then finish in, in uh, against Dallas. Yeah, like that's... so. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think they're gonna win, and I don't think they're gonna make it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, but you know you what? Gotta be realistic. Yeah, they're a young team. Yeah. They have to figure out that O line. They get that sorted out. Uh, build around Danny. Maybe bring in another receiver. Yeah, because I out. mean they got Slayton, they got Shepard, they Ingram. got Ingram. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you could use like another outside guy. Yeah. Make Sterling Shepard the possession guy. Yeah, the slot guy. And feed him like the Jets do with Jamison Crowder. Totally. You know? Give him at least eight targets a game. Yeah. yeah that should be the goal. Yeah. Run little bubble screens on him and stuff. The stuff they should have been doing with OBJ. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's leave OBJ out of this. Poop <laughs> <laughs> eater. And then his third question said, with COVID cases skyrocketing across the states, do you think the NFL finishes the full schedule? Or do they cut it one or two games short due to the teams missing games? Uh, I think they'll figure out a way to uh, to play all the games because NFL is a money league yeah. and it's money, and that's more important to them. So I think so. Um, I mean, they'll just have no fans, or they'll have fucking guys off the practice squad come play the games, and if you have COVID, you're not playing, and that'll be that. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I had the same thoughts. There's no way the money speaks. Money yeah. talks, right? Like they're not gonna, if they can figure out a way around it. If it means p- making a team play on a Tuesday again, yeah, or doubling up on Monday, they're 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 gonna do it to make as much bank as they can. I mean, money talks, but it doesn't sing or dance or walk. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is that a Moira Crow quote? No, from, that's uh, a Creek? that's a Neil Diamond quote. <laughs> <laughs> money. Talks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I got it now. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. So I, I see it happening. Um, do you have a do you have any questions? I've got uh, a couple here. One from um, our world traveler, our boy. Our boy, yeah. The suitcase. Um, the suitcase. He did type in one, didn't he? playing that song when we were in Cabo for Callie and Jamie Stagg. They were playing that song at the fucking discotheque. Hard, man. Oh my god, it was fun. 
Oh man, Mark Anthony. That and where you been? Maria Gasolina, Maria <laughs> Gasolina. <laughs> Is that oh. Daddy Yankee? <laughs> oh no, man, Gasolina. I think that's Daddy Yankee that sings it. Is it? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it is. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Buttons are opening on this oh, one, yeah. that's for sure. Oh, I love the Spanish intro, too. There we go. <laughs> yeah, well, you are Huncho. You I know, know exactly. Picking up every word. Yeah, I could just I speak it fluently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Anthony kind of looks like a human salamander. He does. He's a weird looking dude. Okay, three oh five. He writes in. He says, "Good evening, boys. Mister three oh five coming in. Everyone has a different ritual for setting up their weekly lineups. What do you boys do to get prepared for the week ahead?" <sighs> What do I do to get prepared for the week ahead? This, I, I read this question and I've been waiting patiently for this response. <laughs> I would love to know how you prepare. Can I repeat the question here, please? <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, everyone has a different ritual for setting up their weekly lineups. What do you boys do to get prepared for the week ahead? <laughs> Start with a grinder. Still don't get it. <laughs> start with a grinder and pack in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I usually wake up at about ten thirty-five, or make sure I set an alarm for that time. And then this is on the Sunday. On the Sunday, yeah. Leading into the week, you do nothing else. Well, I take a look <laughs> if I have any guys playing on Thursday. Okay. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I make a few swaps here and there usually, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm everybody knows I'm a gut guy, so okay. I just kind of go with it, man. It's you know what? It's some days, some weeks are different, right? It's not a static thing. True. You got to change it up sometimes. Changing it up. And I like to, I like to at least, you know, check it like half hour before kickoffs, just to make sure. And what you do know, you what do you check? You know who's out, who's in. Do you check the just the Yahoo app? Yeah, usually. Okay. All right. Sometimes I check like, you know, Fabs, Stardom, and Sidem. This year I haven't. Last year I did every week. This year I've just been rolling oh. off the cuff. Yeah. Just to clarify, that's our mm-hmm. our industry colleague, uh, Michael Fabiano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His friend, Stardom Sidem column. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And Adam she- not Adam Schefter. Um, Adam Ranks. Yes. He took over at uh, ESPN's. NFL.com. Or NFL.com, yeah. NFL.com. yeah. NFL.com. And so Fabiano's with Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated now, yeah. So Adam Ranks are like, they're they're terrible. Have you read them? No, I never follow that oh guy. Oh my I, god. I, I really can't stand him, to be honest. <clears throat> he like, he, it's like a recipe. If you go to look up a recipe online. You know how you go to look up a recipe <laughs> online you're like, okay, hey, how do I make French onion soup? And it's like, well, you know, I just... I, dug up this recipe for my time on the farm when i was a young oh, child with my grandma there's a story to yes everything. there's a story to everything oh. oh you know when hunter hearst helmsley took on the rock and like it's dumb man right. it's dumb it's bad as as 
we legit record a podcast where we only tell stories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's better. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, um, so I would highly not recommend Adam Ranks. <laughs> And that's, sure. you know what, honestly, it turned me off from the whole stardom system kind of category mm. look. So I just I just go with my gut now. Yeah, uh, I've got a bit of a different approach. Um, <laughs> yeah, so weekends on Monday night, usually Monday night, I'm checking Yahoo for uh, uh, transaction trends, ads and drops. Um, and then once I do that, usually on Tuesday, I've got a couple... Uh, other podcasts that I like to listen to to just keep up on the times, and then Tuesday night is waiver wire, so you got to set aside some time <laughs> to see what's available, who you're willing to drop, who you who's coming off, who you think's coming off IR, all that stuff. So that that Tuesday night is usually the the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday morning you obviously check who got picked up. Who then got dropped. Who you can get for free. Who you can get for free. And then if there is somebody that got dropped that you want, obviously you wait the two days. You put in a claim, wait the two days for Friday. Um, And then, honestly, after Wednesday, once I go through the wire, I kind of set my lineup then. And I don't tinker with it too much. Once it's set, it kind of stays that way. Once I have my idea in my mind... And then, yeah, like on Saturday, I'll probably, you know, and throughout the whole week, I'm checking Twitter. If any injuries pop up, then I do that. And then, yeah, Thursday, or sorry, uh, Sunday morning, uh, usually around 10, just kind of do a quick once over. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, and more times than not, usually I'll make a dumb lineup change, just spur of the moment, even though I've spent all week crafting this thing uh like last week and it comes back to bite me in the ass so yeah like last week in the triple f i had uh my boy teddy bridgewater in the in the in the super flex and probably five minutes before games kicked off i tried to be smarter than myself uh, took him out and I slid uh, Justin Jackson in, <laughs> who got me zero points uh, because he got hurt on the very first play of the game. And oh. Teddy Bridgewater put up thirty on my bench. Oh. Yeah, and cost me cost me the week basically. I was uh, gonna, or at least I would have been in it. You know, I was gonna say just for comparisons, um, as listeners, you know, I I feel like you gotta find your own role, you know, because yeah. it's it's funny because. One would say maybe I don't do quite as much preparation, but Maddie and I still sit at the same record at three and six. That's true. That's true. It's true. No method is better. No. And no method is going to yield better results. No, yeah, it's, it's a crapshoot. It, it, it's so it's true. gambling. Yeah, it's, yeah totally. Uh, yeah, so whatever works, right? Um, and then I think like, and then on top of everything that we haven't mentioned is guys have their different uh, sites that they trust mm-hmm. and methods of getting their information. Like... I'm pretty positive that Commissioner Goodkell is a Roto World guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, he is a Roto and World. And we know guy. that Stu is a Fantasy Pros guy. And Gord's uh uh Yahoo <laughs> Yahoo fantasyfootball.com app guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gut guy. Yeah. Uh and Scott is a 1998 uh <laughs> fantasy managers magazine kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2013 2013 yeah sorry oh man so there you go you got to find what works for you um 
And chances are it won't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'll spend all that time just to curse yourself later. Yes. Uh, next question comes in from Bacon, sizzling over in Grosvenor. Sizzling. Sizzling. It has been evident that Nick Foles' experiment isn't working for the Bears. If you were GM Ryan Pace and trying to save your job, what quarterback would you target this offseason? Or would you draft a quarterback and watch your successor finally fix the Bears' offense? He's got a second question, but we'll save it for after. Um, well, who signed one-year contracts? Jabu in New Orleans. Yeah. He signed a one-year contract. Winston's coming off his contract. Uh, who else came off? About Fitzpatrick's going to be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacoby Brissett will be a free agent. Yeah. Dak Prescott, although not signed, potential free agent. And Cam Newton, one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I did the same. I looked at the free agents upcoming and really out of everybody on the list, unless you want Colt McCoy, I think it's, I think the only options if they were to go that route would be Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett or Dak Prescott, but I don't think he's making it to free agency. No, not after watching Garrett Gilbert and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would, uh, I mean, they're going to try and have to go in the draft, but what are they going to draft? It's not like they're drafting first, second, or third. No. Well, we'll see. It is a deep class this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is potential to pick up a guy mid to late rounds that could jump into your lineup. Uh, I just did a quick look. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the big name, uh, rated to go number one out of Clemson. But there's also a stud in Ohio State, Justin Fields. Uh, Trey Lance, quarterback at North Dakota State, who actually took the year off uh, to focus on the draft. Zach Wilson uh, from BYU, Brigham Young University, Mormon country in Utah. And then Kyle Trask, uh, quarterback for the Florida Gators. High, high-powered offense down in Florida. And actually, while we're talking about it, they've got a tight end, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he's ranked the... He's an absolute unit. He's yeah. huge, and he's amazing. So... So Hopefully. Is, so is TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no offense. Oh, God. Yeah, so we'll see. New new fresh blood in the tight end pool. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the smart move for the Bears franchise is to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The temporary band-aid would be to get one of these guys, unless it's Dak, but... That's not happening. It's not happening. No. So, yeah, I would probably draft. But then again, like, I... I think it'd be worth looking into how much, and I didn't have time to do it, how much would it cost the Bears to cut Nick Foles? Because obviously they're going to let Tr- Trubisky walk, but how much is guaranteed to Nick Foles? Because they didn't mm. they didn't sign him to that contract. It was the Jags, right? So how much is owed to him? Does it make financial sense to cut him? And if it doesn't make financial sense and you draft a, draft a first-round quarterback, is he going to be okay sitting back and watching that happen? Yeah, it's there's a lot of balls in the air. He was also a guy that was going to retire a couple of years ago. That's true, and then, and he, then won he won a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking On the Philly, 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 Philly. Oh, and then his second question says, "If you're going to a Super Bowl party, what dish are you going to bring? <laughs> what dish am I bringing to a Super Bowl party? Probably pulled pork. Oh yeah, nice. Some buns." Yeah, and some buns. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, big pulled pork guy. I don't mind that. I'd probably roll with a uh, a guac dip 
a guac. Yeah, that's been in the family for a little bit. Uh, it's beauty. It's a few layers, uh, mm. a little bit of cheese, salsa, guac, uh, some sour cream mixed in. Fuck, it's good. Nice. Yeah, probably roll with that. Nice. Yeah. Get the Shit. guac out of here. <laughs> I think uh, one more. Yeah, we got one more. Yeah. Um, from a long time, long time listener. And uh, he's been having a bit of a rough go of it down the park because it's getting a little bit colder. You know? Colder, Halloween candy um, running out. Yeah, Halloween candy running out from him scaring kids. But uh, this one comes in from the Rundle Park Yeti. <coughs> and he says, Marty, Pancho, long time no talk. Me and the Black Bear recently took Gord's suggestion and switched to TELUS for our <laughs> Wi-Fi down in the park. What a game changer. I also hear Huncho has been having trouble with a certain neighbor. Let me know if I need to chomp a particular bobcat tire. <laughs> Speaking of bobcats, the black bear and I actually caught one the other day. Ooh. But, as opposed to eating him, we're actually keeping him as a pet. We named him, we named him Bobby. <laughs> and that kind of tunes to my question this week. And this, this question is actually uh, smelling um, inspired. Okay. Because... Uh, I was just thinking out of all the cat teams in the NFL, the Bengals, the Panthers, and the Lions, um, who do you think is on the up and up, Marty? Who do you think is sliding down the ladder? And, uh, you, you know, no, just... no Jags? Oh, and the Jags, okay, yeah. yeah. All, all cat teams. Are those, it's just the four it's of them, It's just the right? four, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, let me know and uh, tell Gordy I love him. So rate rate the cat teams. No, which one? Which team? Which cat teams do you think are going up? Which cat team do you think are going down? <coughs> Fuck. Okay. You got the Bengals. Yeah. Up or down? Bengals are going up simply because of the guy they drafted got behind center. Absolutely. Yeah. Panthers up or down? They're going up. I like what Matt Rule's doing over there. Uh, I really think. That he knows how to use a player and uh, to meet his players' talents uh, with his scheme. And perfect example is Curtis Samuel. Yeah. You look at the the few years that that guy was there before Matt Rule got there. They didn't know how to use him. They tried no. to use him as a deep threat. Didn't happen. Matt Rule's there. He's used like he was at Ohio State, an absolute weapon. He's being put in the backfield, rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Totally. He's catching those bubble screens, those quick slants. He's there, he's maximizing his talent. He also brought in Robbie Anderson from his time coaching at Temple. So he had that rapport there. Took a chance on Teddy Brid Bridgewater. And then you still have DJ Moore. Like, totally. I really like what the Panthers are doing. And, um, and obviously they have one of the most, if not the most dynamic running backs in the game. Absolutely. And a hell of a backup in Mike Davis. Yeah. And they, I mean, they got to clean up the defense a little bit. They're a little bit marshmallow soft, but um, I mean, that comes, yeah. you know, yeah, if you I can like... put points on the board, then you're still going to win games. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do like what the Panthers are doing. They're going up in my books. Uh, okay. The Lions, uh, down. Uh, down. As I long think. as... Uh, they're kind of stagnant. They're stagnant. There's rumors that Kenny Galladay wants out so that he's low. So he's in no rush to come back from his injury. Uh, Matt Stafford... I think at this point in his career, we know what Matt Stafford is. Yeah. Um, very good at comebacks. Decent quarterback. Will he ever get you where you want to be? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, yeah. And then it, it is perpetual in Detroit that there is always a lackluster running game. 
And it doesn't matter yeah. who's there, who they draft, or what coach is there, you know? Like this year, they br- they draft DeAndre Swift. He's had a couple great weeks. Had a couple good weeks. But boy, oh boy, like... I mean, even last consistent. year, on Johnson wasn't the guy you could rely on. Oh, and then they bring in AP, right? Yeah. And you know, years before, it's Javid Best. Like, yeah. you're waiting for these guys. They're not popping off. So the Lions are going down, I think. Uh, and I think as long as Matt Patricia's there... The problem with Matt Patricia being there is that they tend to overpay for former Patriots that hit the market. Totally. Jamie Collins, uh, Trey Flowers, um, you know, these other guys that they're, that they're grabbing. And we'll see. The jury's out. I think they've got some nice pieces. They picked up that cornerback, Jeff Okuda, in the third round, or third overall this year in the first round. He'll be good, but yeah, he needs he's time. Good, he's a good team. He needs time. So they're going down. But if they get rid of Matt Patricia, they could turn it around quick, I think. And then the last one is the... Jags. Jags. Uh, down. Yeah, they're down. They, they're yeah, that's team. fine. Let them tank. They can grab one of those quarterbacks we mentioned, Fields or Lawrence, and they'll be set. Yeah. Um, they got a nice uh, wide receiver group there. Actually, I heard uh, or read somewhere that if you're in Dynasty Leagues, I'm not in any Dynasty Leagues, but it would be a smart idea to, before the trade deadline, if it hasn't passed yet, to target some Jags receivers. Because next year, they're getting either Fields as or Lawrence as their quarterback, basically. Yeah. Uh, and their value is just going to go up and up and up. Which is great news for Chark, um, your boy Keelan Cole. <laughs> My boy! LaVisca Chenault Jr. You yeah. know, like <laughs> these guys. Maybe even Tyler Eifert if he sticks around a little bit longer, right? So... Uh, yeah, Jags are going down, but uh, there's there's hope. I, I feel like there's hope for all teams coming mm-hmm. that you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was just because they got the new cat. Yes. That it was a cat the Bobcat. Bobby the Bobcat. Bobby the Bobcat. Yeah. <laughs> well, they <laughs> didn't need him. They reached far into our creative bag for that one. <laughs> Bobby the Bobcat. <laughs> oh, man. Bye. Fucking, we're just gonna <laughs> calling him Robert. <coughs> well, that's what you—that's what the Yeti and the Blackbird call him when he's in trouble. Robert, yeah. get over here, hey yeah. you rascal! <laughs> Robert B Cat, yeah, <laughs> just like Homer J, J. Simpson. Yeah, that's a funny epi too. Oh, that was good. Okay, well, that was text and answer. Yeah, only 46 minutes Not in. bad, not bad, but that's the meat of the show. Yeah, that's it the is meat the of meat the of the show. And same with Pass It. Well, and now it is Pass It. Yeah, exactly. So I I splurged, I went to Hey Bud. Oh, Gord's been treating the pod <laughs> real nice this year, I have to say. In one area that I'm slacking in, he is excelling in, for sure. For sure. It's uh, Hey Bud, where everybody knows your name, or at least yours. Yeah, I am getting to be quite the regular in there because I do not wear a mask. Sorry, not that I'm an anti-masker, but that is one place where I do not wear a mask because they are completely behind plastic. Yeah, good point. Completely behind plastic. I heard if you smoke weed, your body's immune to the one nine. I heard it is too. So... (laughs) Science. Maybe the, maybe the good Dr. Nigel can clarify that for yeah. us. <laughs> the good doctor. Oh, oh, maybe Feldy could take a minute out of fucking watching Highline. <laughs> fucking let us know. Oh, man. Uh, Highline. What were we talking? Oh, yeah. So Gord picked up some pre rolls. Picked up a couple pre rolls. Yeah. Burn up. 
and it it's appreciated. Just, it makes life way easier. Big time, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we should probably start this week talking about the cameras that were discovered in the New York Jets locker room uh, that none of them apparently knew about. Um, so reports surfaced last week that some of the New York Jets players had complained after learning that surveillance cameras in the locker room, oh, sorry, at their New Jersey practice facility. So it all prompted a NFLPA investigation. So guard Greg Van Rotten, who is the team's... Or Roten. Sorry. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> Greg Van Roten. Not Rotten. <laughs> who is the team's union rep, disputed the, the report. He said players on the team are fine with the security cameras. Here's the quote. Talking to the guys on the team, nobody cares that there are cameras in there. We know why they're there. They're there to protect us if something happens, if something goes missing. It's not like they're spying on us. You know what I mean? But I guess the Jets players reportedly learned about it um, and found out that they were hidden inside the smoke detectors. And it's been that way since 2008. Shit, 2008. The NFL, though, did a brief investigation. They said that uh, the Jets hadn't broken any rules. So that's when players in the NFL uh, went to the NFLPA, which is now investigating, to see if it actually does violate uh, the CBA. Now, they're there for security reasons, and the footage is retained for only 30 days (coughs) on a rolling schedule. (coughs) Van Roten said everybody knows about the cameras, um but there was also a report from a former jet player that said i'm pissed that's our space why you have a camera in there that's bullshit but i don't know i guess van roten said players concerns about the cameras are probably due now to covid19 protocols that were implemented in the recent weeks and they're scared that they could be punished by getting caught on camera with those uh Mm. with possible violations so that's why it's kind of come to light yeah which makes sense you know like are you allowed to fucking go give your boy a hug and shit you know who knows yeah exactly or yeah you yeah how long can you get out of the shower before you have to mask up right yeah yeah true so anyways Hmm. something to keep an eye on i don't think it's gonna go anywhere no to be honest but worth noting they're gonna do yeah (laughs) it's true um lamar jackson was heard and and saying that defenses are are practically calling out their plays that that they're executing and um i mean i think to me it's because there's no fans there's fucking you can hear everything going on in these stadiums right and I think, you know, teams are going to do that anyway to fuck with you, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of what uh, offensive coordinator Greg Roman said. Um, you know, it's they're playing a game of chess, too. It's chestnut checkers, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are my words. But... <laughs> Fucking Bobby Fischer. <laughs> um, I think it, but it also kind of speaks to the predictability of the Ravens' offense right now. And they're run heavy they do not throw the ball very often um they're averaging 170 rush yards a game which is pretty wild yeah you know yeah that's a huge number and um justifies having three guys running the rock it does it does but lamar and and i mean they're successful Mm -hmm. um but it does get a little predictable yeah i was gonna say it's easy to call out the play when you only do one. 
Yeah, exactly. When your only play is a run-pass option, mm-hmm. like just an RPO, either to the right or the left, it's pretty easy to follow along. So yeah. you got to wonder, like, does Lamar bring that up in the media? Why are you bringing that up in the media? Are you bringing it up to bring attention to it for the media? No, you're bringing it up to get the attention of your offensive coordinator. Exactly. Give us a little bit of diversity on the play calling. He can throw the ball. Like, why don't they... Like, I mean, this year he hasn't been as accurate. um, But let him chuck it. He can rip it. Let the boys play. Yeah, he can rip it down the field for sure. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for sure. I feel like that's how I finish every... Yeah. Every yeah. Gotta take a look at yeah. it. <laughs> some of will be watching closely. Okay. Well, the NFL also introduced some new rule changes this week. So the newly approved rule of rewarding teams who develop coaches and executives of color. So this is actually pretty cool. So teams that lose a minority coach or an executive to a head coach position or a primary football executive role with another club will receive a third round compensatory pick for two consecutive years. If a team loses a minority coach or an and or an executive um, to head coach or general manager president roles, that club will receive a third round compensatory pick for three consecutive years, which mm. is kind of sick. So the resolution was approved by the NFLPA and Goodell came out and he said, we have taken many steps in this area, particularly over the last year, but we all recognize that we must do more to support developmental opportunities for minority coaches and all personnel. This is an important initiative for the NFL, and we often said we don't know if there's one specific step that's going to make the difference. So our effort here is to continue to look at everything we're doing to try to improve our policies, our procedures, to encourage and to get the results we want, which is more diversity and inclusion within our ranks. Now, this could actually come into play real quick when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. So they've got Eric Bieniemy, who's the... uh, offensive coordinator in coaching who could get poached and they've got a guy named ryan poles who's looked at to be a soon-to-be gm uh widely around the league and in fact there's belief in many front offices that uh the chief's front office will be a stream for future gm gigs to come Hmm. so something to definitely keep an eye on it could come into play can you imagine just here here you go kansas city here's five like four or five third round compensatory picks Andy Reid <clears throat> yeah like, so how does that work like there's just extra picks yeah, that round so they yeah they add they tack on a bunch of extra at the, th- at the end of the third before the fourth starts huh so they're slid right in there greasy yeah but needed mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> another rule change being discussed is giving the teams uh, an option or just getting rid of it completely um, to the, the proposal was it would allow teams to try a 4th and 15 play in lieu of an onside kick. So teams would line up from their own 25-yard line and retain possession if they were able to convert for a first down. If they can't convert, the opposing team would take over from the spot of the dead ball. So, like, from your own 25-yard line. Yeah. Oh, that's risky. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said on Tuesday that he expects the proposal to be discussed uh, upcoming this offseason. It's kind of like the XFL, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I wasn't, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know all of the uh, newest ones. Um, but it would help because, like, ever since they introduced the, the no run up rule in the onsides or kickoffs, uh, they've had really limited success, right? Totally. Other than that watermelon one, but that was more like they didn't know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> for or... that recovery, right? 
the one that I saw live at the NFC Championship, Seattle versus Green Bay. Did he kick it off the guy's chest? No, it bonked him on the head. A head, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was just... Pop straight up? Yeah, pop yeah. straight up, and he was just supposed to let it go. Yeah, that's right. I watched, like... Have you ever seen that show on YouTube? It's like the guy who plays pool with the NFL, ex-NFL guys. Yeah, I have seen clips from that. Yeah. he He's on with... I think it's Bleacher Report? I think it's on the Bleacher Report, yeah. It's that guy... Like okay. They're interviewing the guy who bonked it on his head. Oh, really? And me and Taylor were there. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> I barely remember, but <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Well, for that onside rule to pass, there needs to be seventy-five percent of owners voting yes, or uh, in other numbers, we're math guys, twenty-four of thirty-two uh, owners. <laughs> math guys. Yeah. Uh, this past week, just as I found this super funny, the Saints obviously demolished tampa mm-hmm. on the sunday nighter and in all on espn e, uh, nfl network and nbc every single one of their experts picked tampa bay to win not one person picked new orleans really yeah there's just a picture on twitter of all three screenshots with all the tampa bay logos <laughs> fucking tough one yeah Tough night for kickers in the Tennessee uh, indie game here. Yeah, punters. One, one block punt, one shanked punt, and a missed field goal. Goskowski the... missed his eighth, most in his career. Yeah, but let's well, keep him he's around. way better at catching passes. <laughs> yeah, Page exactly. on? yeah, <laughs> over the middle. Yeah, getting crushed by safety. <laughs> oh fuck. <clears throat> well. Do you have anything else? Um, your boy Nick Chubb's coming back. Mm-hmm. And that should definitely give the Browns the boost. And huge. fantasy owners, a huge boost coming down the huge, stretch. Huge, huge. Man, that's massive. And uh, Wyatt Teller, our guard that was hurt too, he's coming back uh, this week. It's going to be uh, lights out for, yeah. uh, for the team. And like Robbie and the QMP were, and I were talking, he's like, man, he's like, I can't wait to get Chubb back. And yeah. I'm like, absolutely. You yeah. Can't. It's like the best waiver wire ad. God's damn voice crack. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I was saying a hunch before we started recording. Uh, at the time of Nick Chubb's injury, the Browns had eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, in the time that he was away injured, they had zero. Yeah, that's bad stats. That's crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, really looking to have him chop back. my boy Wayne Gallman's got two. Yeah, fantasy, <laughs> fantasy and real life. Wayne yeah, Gallman Jr. 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 Um, <clears throat> and The weekend is headlining the Pepsi Halftime mm. Show. Just a little tidbit for the boys. Yeah. Um, role model to kids everywhere. Yes. Yes, he is a role model to kids Got my everywhere. face humming off a bag of blow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Well, fucking guy, and and this week we have a, a passing around the NFL sub segment. Ooh, I'm introducing wanna... a sub segment. Yeah, you do your sub segment, and we'll end on this last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Should we kick the sub segment? No, no. You, yeah, kick it off. Let's yeah. let's hear it. Um, what did you? Yeah, sub segment. We're making we got a sh- sub segment. Yeah, episode shorter. Gord's mo this year, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm adding a sub segment because <laughs> Maddie has so many. <laughs> He just sprinkles them in there, just yeah. little fucking subseggies. Amazing what you can do in more than two hours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got my own subseg this week, and we couldn't really decide on a name. Um, I I was gonna go with Dick's quick stats. Yeah, 
Or it was Dick's simple stats. Because they are very simple stats. Yeah. But I figured... I like simple stats. (laughs) (laughs) Dick's simple jack stats. (laughs) And and they're just quick stats for the boys. And it's just the league leaders. Yeah. In, in, uh, in a few categories here. So, we'll we'll start it off. Passing yards leader, who do you think it is? Passing yards leader... Uh, shit, it's not... Mmm. Josh, Josh Allen. No, Matty Ryan. Matt Ryan. 2,746. Past tutties, who do you got? Past touchdowns? Holy fuck. This one's an easy one. You um, should get this one. Uh, Mahomes. Russell Wilson. Oh, shit. 28. Interceptions leader. Mm, Danny Dimes. Carson Wentz. Okay, damn. NFC <laughs> <laughs> <Tennessee> East. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rushing leader. League rushing leader. Who do you got? Uh, Derek Henry. Nope. Dalvin Cook. 858. Rush Mm. Ooh. That one's... Oh, god damn. I hate this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Rush touchdowns. I don't know. James Robinson. Dalvin Cook, 12. Fuck. Second, surprisingly, Todd Gurley at 9. Right. Yeah. James Robinson's out there too, I think. Uh, Six or seven? Yeah, seven, I think. Yeah. Receiving yards. Who do you got? Receiving yards is DeAndre Hopkins. Stephon Diggs, 813 yards. Holy hell. Also leads in reception, 63. Okay. Um, Receiving tutties. Who do you got? The, uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyreek Hill. Nine. Nine, hey? Yeah, you haven't got one right yet. No, I know. <laughs> this is bad. Kay. Fucking professional. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How? Tyreek's got nine? Tyreek has nine. Fucking cheetah. Hey? Yeah, the cheetah. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, did I was this segment very, because it's just like, what? I was very surprised as well. How many did, did you look up Lockett? Do you know Lockett's off, off by hand? No, I didn't look up Lockett. You gotta just... think a guy that's got two, three touchdown games. I know. Isn't leading? Tyreek has nine. That's crazy. Fucking Dalvin Cook has 12 tutties already. <laughs> Rushing tutties. Yeah, well, it helps when you get four in one game against the Cheesehead. True. Fucking Okay, now our next... Uh, it's not over? No, it's not oh, over. Oh, do we you got... dig up kicking stats? No, no, no. no. Okay. We got team stats. Okay, nice. Okay. okay, yeah. So, the team with the most passing yards. Who do you got? Team with the most passing yards... I just repeat, this is kind of a trick question. I repeat this because I just need more time to think. Team with most passing yards. Oh. I don't know. Fuck. Dallas. Dallas. And uh, it's only 40 more passing yards than Matt Ryan has. But. Nonetheless. Yeah. Nonetheless. I remember. Um, the least amount of passing yards. Least passing yards? Who fucking rushed? Uh, Baltimore. Yes, the Ravens. Woo! Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thank God. We have a winner. Thank God. Um, The most passing touchdowns. Allowed? No. Oh, as a four. team? Four. Most passing touchdowns for Atlanta. 28, Seattle. Russell, Seattle. Russell Wilson. They're all Russell Wilson. God damn. Okay, rushing yards. Team with the most. Easy one. Uh, Well, it wasn't Cleveland. It's Is it Minnesota? No, it's Baltimore. Oh. 1,371 total rushing yards. Fuck. Last? Uh, the Jets. Houston, 701. Mm. Um, the most rushing touchdowns. Four? Four. Ugh. Hmm. 
No, it's not them. I was gonna say Buffalo. Fuck that. It ain't KC. They don't run. They don't. Run. They don't it's run a around. running team. It's a running team. You should get this one. Cleveland? No, no 49ers. Okay. And sorry, <laughs> there's two stats I forgot in the in the quarterback or in the yeah. passing yards. Yeah, let's, let's... The most interceptions. Yeah, you... is the Eagles. Yeah. And the least. Least interceptions. Um, God damn fucking hell. Oh, man. I don't know. Tennessee? Chiefs, one. Chiefs only have one. Yeah, Patrick Holmes is only throwing Fuck one me. interception. Defense, this is going to be a tough one, so I'll just say it. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, I want to okay. keep guessing. Okay, okay, okay. I need to redeem myself. <laughs> uh, Fuck. Defense. Who has allowed the most opponents' yards? Who's given up the most yards as a team defense? The Jets. Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Yeah, they're on... 2,897. Yeah, I should have known that. Fuck, I'm mad at myself. They're on pace to set a new record. Who is allowed the least? Mm. Hmm. Oh, I was going to say Chicago off the hop, but no, Pittsburgh. Washington football team. The footballs. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. The Washington footballs. Yeah. The footballs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's Dick's Dick's simple stats picks or whatever <laughs> the saying he was called. The nice thing is like interesting could... though because when I looked these up, I did not think that these would be some of the answers. Yeah, you're telling me, man. There's some. There's some. Those as are... if Dallin has the most yards and. Tutties. And he missed a game. Yeah. Yeah. Missed yeah, two games. That is fucking crazy. He missed two games. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? And the great thing is with that segment, you could ask me the exact same questions next week, and I can guarantee I'd probably go one for again. Like, And that's a lucky <laughs> one. Like, yeah. And it won't even change that much, you know? No. Or they shouldn't in some, some areas. Yeah, I should have looked up who was in second on a few, but... Yeah. No big deal. Well, um, we'll end past it around the NFL with uh, <clears throat> this this day in history, kind of. Um, but it was basically uh, on Tuesday, 20 years ago Tuesday, that Bill Belichick uh, left his job at the New York Jets uh, and then, t- then took a uh, position with the New England Patriots a month later. So I don't think... I don't know if everybody that listens to the pod knows this story, but basically uh, one day after it was announced that Bill Belichick would succeed uh, Bill Parcells as the Jets head coach, uh, Belichick resigned and went on to become the Patriots coach a month later. Belichick was recently asked in an interview about that 2000 step down basically. uh, And he said this, that was not only one of the most defining, but one of the greatest moments in my career. (laughs) that combined with robert Kraft giving me the opportunity to come here i couldn't have asked for anything more that wasn't a good situation for me and i didn't want to be any part of it so i wasn't the other half of that was robert giving me the opportunity to come here and trading he gave up quite a bit to get me to come here that was a big trade so i'm very thankful that it worked out so basically belichick was the jets defensive coordinator under parcells from 97 to 99 slated to take over and just one day after uh, taking the position, he went to the podium, uh, which was supposed to be his introductory news conference, and instead announced, citing various uncertainties, 
related to the team's new ownership as a cause for his decision to step down. Uh, the Patriots ended up giving a first-round pick to the Jets to hire Belichick as their head coach, and uh, basically, as the rest they the rest they say is is history. And there's this awesome video that kind of sums up how Belichick was acting leading <laughs> up to the to the decision. Hey, Randy, how you doing? I went down and saw Belichick. And I said, "What's going on today?" He goes, "You might want to just go ahead and go ahead and go home." At this time, I'd like to introduce Bill Belichick, who has an announcement to make. He stopped by my office and he, you know, he kind of winked at me and said, "This is going to be interesting." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" Due to the various uncertainties surrounding my position as it relates to the team's new ownership, I've decided to resign as the head coach of the New York Jets. I've given this decision very careful consideration. I'd like to wish the entire New York Jet organization, the players, the coaching staff, and the new ownership uh, the very best of luck for a prosperous future. Um, I doubt there would be any questions at this point. <laughs> Fucking wild though. Yeah, he's a fucking. But can you imagine what would have happened, like if he stayed with the Jets? Like, would the legacy be the same? It's true. You know, would Tom Brady be the same? It's so hard to tell. It is one without the other. (laughs) Did the chicken? What came first? (laughs) Right, the chicken or the egg? The poultry. And don't count your poultry before it incubates, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. Last night took a L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I got stacks. Do that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting shakes. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And that's, you know what, the pod writes itself, because that's just a segue into the Bounce Back Boy. Yeah, that's right. Because you know who the Bounce Back Boy is this week? Who is it? Mr. Tim Brody. Because <laughs> oh. he has to. Like, I have to hit on this one. Tom Terrific. He always plays a revenge game after every stinker he puts up, and he put up a stinker yeah. last week. 209 yards through the air, three interceptions, not a single rush yard, obviously. Um, you know, damn, owie, ouch, <laughs> whatever Tom probably says after a loss like that to be able to kiss his son on the lips at night. <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, but if I know Tom, he ain't playing like that two weeks in a row. No. And, uh... I think he's going to have himself a game. I think he's going to have himself a game, a little revenge game on himself. Maybe a little bit of a, <coughs> an extra TB12 session to get his body right. Exactly. Hit the chirogenic chamber a little bit yeah, more. that's right. I think he's going 320, two tutties, but he's going to throw one pick. Yeah. Can't expect the world of the guy. Exactly. He's 45 years old. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Is he 45 or 40? Somewhere around there. 43, maybe? I think, or something. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, here's hoping. <coughs> Tim Brody bounces back. Milt the Beagle Steagle highlights on the fucking TV right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, United by Unis. Uh, let's go over this past week's uniform highlights. So, 
Gordon mentioned it when I was over at his place on Sunday watching a little red zone. He said it on the couch. The Jacksonville Jaguars' best uniforms are their teal tops, black pants, and I have to agree. I yeah, don't mind are. them They're one nice. bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, their teal jerseys are declared their uh, alternate jerseys, and you're only allowed to wear those three times a season, and they've already meet, reached their max. So it's uh, black jerseys and white jerseys here on. The out. black and whites aren't bad though either. No, they're not too too bad. They're more. They're definitely subtle. I like the color pop of mm-hmm. uh, the teal. Um, we also saw the Raiders wear their alternates, the AFL tribute jerseys with the silver numbers instead of the usual black. Uh, and then they looked uh, particularly nice against the Chargers, who were debuting their mono navy blue uh, color rush uniforms. I didn't like those. You know what? I thought they would pop a little bit more on the uh, field. They were all right. Yeah. They harkened back. They they made, they reminded me, honestly, of like the Ladanian Tomlinson, mm-hmm. Drew Brees era. Which I don't mind, uh, so we'll see. But their definite their powder blues are yeah they're the way best nicer, for yeah. sure for sure. And although the game was an absolute turd burger, the Saints and the Bucks game was great uniform wise. The Saints wore their all white color rush. We always talk about them and the Bucks in those red uh, jerseys, Peter pants, Mike Allstott work done. Love it. Um, Stefan Diggs. Wore cleats this week uh, with uh, Rick James painted on the side of him, <laughs> but it was the Dave Chappelle version. <laughs> and yeah, uh, no, no, one of them it said, "I'm Rick James, bitch." <laughs> what am I doing by my legs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unity. <laughs> oh man, the Chappelle show was good. You could not; they couldn't make that show now. No, coming to Netflix though. I know, but it's not going to be like it was. Yeah, they they have to leave it the way it was. Oh, it's yeah, the old the show old is episode, coming to Netflix. Yeah, not the, they're not making new apps, no. but the old ones like No. Man, you can watch Oh, man, there's some good ones. <laughs> Clayton Did Bixby, you see him man? On? Oh my god. Clayton Bixby. Oh, Tyrone like all of them. Yeah. All of them. The funniest though is when he's fucking P Diddy and it's making the yeah, band. Yeah, it's for sure. It's so funny. Yeah. I want you to go down to Brooklyn <laughs> and get me a picture of a midget holding these balloons <laughs> is he serious <laughs> yeah. a sugar cookie man this is crazy yeah. <laughs> oh man did you catch his S- him on snl last no week? man i have to watch so it. good highly recommend the mon- the opening monologue was fantastic okay well upcoming uniform highlights for this week include the bears who will be wearing their orange alternates monday night against the vikings the surging Miami Dolphins will be busting out their gorgeous alternate throwbacks on Sunday afternoon against uh, the LA Chargers uh, at Hard Rock Stadium. I know every year we gush over these throwbacks, but they're absolutely stunning. They should be worn full time. Don't at me about this. You know I'm right. <laughs> um, an interesting note about the LA Rams. Uh, so obviously they released some new uniforms this season uh, that came out to, at best, mixed reviews. Uh, some loved the new looks, most hated him, and wanted more of a throwback. Uh, but during that uniform tease, there was two. Uh, they they showed five uniform templates, but only three of them were filled in with uniforms. The other two were shadows with the years 2021 underneath and 2022 underneath the other one. Um, so basically, in a recent interview, Rams COO uh, Kevin Demoff um, he said this on a rival podcast. 
that he should, <laughs> that he said uh, if the league allowed it, the Rams would like to release a new uniform every year, like European soccer clubs typically do. So if we do one, it'll be next year, and maybe one the following year, or some combination thereof. Our goal, hopefully, is we can get to a point where maybe we can unveil a new uniform every year, either the way we space it out or whether the NFL and Nike changes the rules. You know, like a European soccer model where you come out with that alternate jersey each year. Some people like that, some people don't. But yeah, we could see doing that. So, interesting. There's a lot of rumors already. Uh, there's talk that it might be an all-yellow jersey or that they'll go back to their um, fearsome foursome days when it was just navy blue and white. No yellow at all. So either way, uh, I think they need to keep in mind that the NFL only allows teams to change its primary uniforms every five years. Uh, so you, maybe they're hoping that with new alternate uniforms kind of coming out for each team, the rules will change uh, and that they yeah. can take cash in on It would be nice that. if they could. Like, why not? I think that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, there's this, I think there's a fine line. There's some... My big beef with college is they seem... Every team has, has like, four or five... Mm-hmm. or like helmet combinations and stuff like that and it's just you know for the casual fan if you don't know who the mississippi gamecocks are yeah or the south carolina gamecocks taking on hail state or whatever you know mm-hmm. you might be like who the hell's this team wearing silver chrome and red yeah, you know? yeah like yeah. so and i think it, they the nfl they want to build a brand and they want teams to have a brand i think that's and i mean it's i mean the rams is a storied franchise but like if they're already starting to do it you know it's not like the chiefs changing theirs or like no, the raiders no you know yeah, what i mean like, packers aren't gonna do anything crazy, no you know like yeah so yeah it's it, this would only apply to very select teams like mm-hmm. You see fucking Atlanta doing it. Tampa. Tampa, maybe. yeah, for sure. Yeah, those those ones. Carolina maybe getting on it. Although Carolina hasn't changed their uniforms at all since they came in. Them in Houston. No, Houston hasn't either. It's I crazy. like the powder blue Carolina jerseys too. I don't mind those, yeah. Baby blue. Well, this week, United by Union's research department dug deep. We brought you information on the flak jacket, the radios and the helmets. And the uh, Papella Pocket. Well, (laughs) this week we're going to do a deep dive into the quarterback wristband. The quarterback (laughs) wristband, uh, it was actually first introduced in 1965 by the Baltimore Colts. Don Shula's Colts improbably lost both both their starting quarterback, Johnny Unitas, and backup, Gary Cuozo, (laughs) right, (laughs) right before the end of the regular season. So for the regular season finale and the Western Conference playoff, Shula turned to a running back who had never been a signal caller in the pros ever, Tom Matt. The offensive coordinator, Don McCafferty, suggested it, and Tom Matt's wife jotted all of the plays down in her handwriting because she could write the smallest. (laughs) It was pretty simple, uh, like the idea, uh, but it was just enough for him to stay on top of things. So nothing too complex. Shula and the trainers created a makeshift plastic wristband with the Colts' handwritten plays scrawled underneath. Matt would have led his team to the NFL championship game that season were it not for a controversial fourth-quarter field goal by the Packers, which appeared to sail wide right, 
but it ended up giving Vince Lombardi's squad the opportunity to win the conference playoff in overtime. So they were a win away from making the Super Bowl with the <laughs> running back at quarterback. <laughs> Matt returned to his preferred position of running back for the rest of his 12-year career, but in his brief three-game stint as an NFL QB, he turned out to be a trailblazer. The wristband, which was seen as a novelty at first, is now common practice among full-time quarterbacks today. In fact, last year, in his 15th season, Aaron Rodgers tried it out for the very first time as a way to speed up the process of adapting to the offense and calls from his then-first-year head coach, Matt LaFleur. Troy Aikman actually came out with a quote predicting that Rodgers wasn't going to be happy with the wristband. He said, I began wearing a wristband in my 10th season, and I hated it. And the reason is you start reading the play as opposed to hearing the, the play in your head. And when you're hearing it in your head, you're walking the line, you're visualizing everything that's going to happen. The blitzes, where are my hot reads, where am I going with the football? The wristband, you just read it and you don't even start thinking about the play until you get underneath the center. I didn't like it. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers will like it either. Well, he's actually continued wearing it in the 2020 season. And he said in a recent interview, the density of some of these plays lends itself to really needing to wear that to streamline the head coach to quarterback play calling and then from myself to the players in the huddle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, pretty crazy stuff. But your wife with the smallest handwriting was the secret, the key ingredient. You gotta look good. Look good. You play good. Play good. Pay good. Pay good. Live good. Live good. You know, eat good. Die good. <laughs> and there was United by Unis. You know... It's an educational segment. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm still telling you the the radio the helmet radios was the best one. Yeah, I love that one. That yeah. one, the story was the coolest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fucking commies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well. Yeah, I'm not a commie. No. <laughs> Not an anti-masker either, apparently. I'm not an anti-masker. <laughs> oh, Maddie. Well... I have been going to No Frills a little bit more lately. Uh, cooked a nice breakfast for the boys on Sunday. Yeah. Maddie didn't partake. He said he wasn't hungry. His well, loss. I ate. I didn't know there was an option. Until His I got loss. There. His loss. Yeah. Um, but been nice to know. when I when I went this week, it was a familiar face, <laughs> and um, it's it's the good doctor Nigel <laughs> and his team. Region adjective. Yeah. Because. I mean, he said himself, the whole team is for sale. And yeah. I think that's because he can't find them. He needs to find them. And they're on the back of the milk carton. <laughs> All of them. All of them. Every, Every single player. One of them. I think Nige is averaging less than 60 points this year. <laughs> like, Well, it was a few weeks ago where, or was it last week, where Dalvin Cookout scored his entire roster. Yes. <laughs> yeah he wasn't bad at the start you know week two 122 week one 92 but he's really slowed it down here 89 122 59 49 82 and that's it and you know what he needs to get found 
Because otherwise, he's going to be sitting for fucking 24 <laughs> hours at McDonald's, okay? Oh, man. Oh, we were actually spitballing ideas uh, with Feldy earlier today. <sighs> uh, so we, we were ta- chatting with Feldy. He's been busy. Uh, so we said, you know, don't, you know, you've been busy. Don't worry about the feel good. We got that covered, blah, blah, blah. So we're just chatting about stuff, trades, uh, and then talking about, um, you know, how playoffs are looking and kind mm-hmm. of stuff like that. And he brought up, wouldn't it be amazing if I won and Nigel lost <laughs> so I could choose his punishment? And his first idea that came to mind was uh, dressing Nigel up in a full leprechaun costume. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't too bad. And no. I suggested maybe we make him kick field goals <laughs> while wearing that costume <laughs> and say like you can't leave until you hit 10 and then like like a varying distances yeah yeah <laughs> but you have to drink your 40 before you attempt it <laughs> oh, that would be fun we would all be out there kicking yeah that well would... <laughs> if we could cross the board splitting the uprights but yeah you got i don't know this team's got to get healthy for uh for old Nige. I know. I'm in the same boat, buddy. Don't worry. My team's on the milk carton oh, next week. But it, like, look at the two the two schmucks running this thing. <laughs> Tenth place and eleventh place. Know, like, what do we man. what do we have to say? We're all you know what? Maybe milk carton this week is all of our teams. It is because, all of our on, teams. We need you. Can't find you. It is soulful. soulful because we're missing our souls right now. <laughs> Playing this godforsaken game. We're all searching. <laughs> Baby, come back. Baby, come back. Okay, well, we just mentioned our buddy Feldy. And uh, no feel good from him this week, but we've got a Marty's feel good. And it's not a person. It's not a team. It's a collection of people. It's the Bills Mafia. Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia is Marty's feel good this week. This week, uh, Bill's Mafia raised over a hundred thousand dollars in less than twenty-four hours for Oishe Children's Hospital in Buffalo in honor of Josh Allen's grandma Patricia, who died on the weekend. As of Wednesday, they had raised over three hundred thousand dollars, and the number was still growing. Crazy. Tyron Matthew came out and said, this is what being a super fan looks like. Much love to Bill's Mafia. And Josh Allen actually released a statement himself and he said, I can't tell you how special it is to see the outpouring of support from me and my family during this tough time. The donations made to OCH in honor of my grandmother would make her so proud. Thank you, Bill's Mafia. It is an honor to be your quarterback. Now, this is an unreal gesture. But the crazy thing is, it is not a new or rare occurrence for the Bills faithful. They have a history of this. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2020. The Finns were going through some stretching on a scrimmage on on, uh, August 29th when Fitzpatrick left the field alongside coach Brian Flores. Flores returned a few minutes later to inform the team that Fitzpatrick's mother had passed away. Uh, Flores told Fitzpatrick to take as much time as he needed, even though the regular season was fast approaching. But being the pro that he is, Fitzpatrick was back just three days later. 
in his somewhat complex role with the Dolphins. He was playing his 16th pro season, second in Miami, but the team drafted Tua, as we know, and he knew coming into the year that he might be tutoring as long as as well as starting at times. In fact, it's highly unlikely that he'll even be back in uh, Miami at the season's end. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has shuffled teams throughout his career, starting games for eight different franchises. Which his, is wild. This crazy. That's a wild sound <laughs> on its own. Um, he's uh, where was I here? Fucking Gord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> His longest stay in any place was in Buffalo, though, from 2009 to 2012. His numbers were nothing great there, 80 touchdowns, 64 picks, um, but he made the most with what he had to work with as a bill. He endeared himself to fans and the organization and the media by being straightforward on the field and a great leader on it. Bill's fans would suffer through 17 seasons without a playoff appearance until 2017 with Fitzpatrick. The Mafia speaks fondly of him now, even though he's playing for Miami, which is one of their most hated rivals. So upon hearing news of Laurie Fitzpatrick's uh, death, the Bills fans started looking for ways to, sh- so, uh, to show him some support. So they started making charitable donations. They started uh, funding the Concussion Legacy Foundation, which was receiving an influx of $14 donations. And that's because that's the number Fitzpatrick's worn for 11 of his 16 pro seasons. And he's one of the foundation's Team Up Speak Up ambassadors, which promotes a program that encourages athletes to speak up when they see teammates with concussion symptoms. To date, they've raised 15000 from Bill's Mafia. Hmm. Now, Andy Dalton, 2017. Story sounds familiar. I'm sure you've heard it. The Bengals were uh, quarterback the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs four out of nine seasons when he was there. In 2017, the Bengals were out of contention in Week 17 against the Ravens, uh, who led the game 27-24 and were just a minute 23 away from clinching a playoff spot. However, a penalty uh, Dalton threw a pick. It got neg- negated by a uh, penalty, and on fourth and 12, just inside Baltimore territory, Dalton hit. Uh, Bolton. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Michael Bolton. Michael, <laughs> Michael Bolton. <laughs> Fuck me. Dalton hit Tyler Boyd on a pass that went for 49 yards in a tutty. Coupled with Buffalo victory, with the Buffalo victory over the Dolphins moments mm. earlier, that put the Bills into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Once they were done celebrating, the Bills Mafia looked for ways to thank Dalton for helping them get in the playoffs. One fan found a link to the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation, which was started by the quarterback and his wife to assist sick and physically challenged children and their families. Fans donated $30, the original fan donated $30, and then uh, shared it on much, on a bunch of websites that the Bills Mafia used. Mm-hmm. And they started donating $17, $34, $174. Uh, in two days, it got to hundred grand. And by the time Bill's fans were done stepping up, the Dalton's charity received $450,000, which was roughly the foundation's budget for the entire year. Tyler Boyd himself uh, stepped up, um, set up a foundation, and the mafia helped him raise $100,000 to fund youth sports programs in western Pennsylvania. And when the Bengals came to play uh, Buffalo in a preseason game, the mafia saluted Dalton with a standing ovation. Just huh. fucking awesome. But that's not even it. Baltimore 2020. During a Baltimore radio uh, sports radio show, a host named Jerry Coleman took a cheap shot at Buffalo, calling it a city of losers. He insisted he just meant the Bills and the Sabres had never won a championship, but Buffalo responded with kindness again. Bills Mafia decided to donate 
to the Alzheimer's Association in his name since that radio host mother suffered from the disease. He quickly changed his tune uh, as 300 people donated 7,000 bucks in a week. What? Yeah. Uh, he actually went to Twitter um, to give his thanks and he also did it on air where he got choked up and he said just how amazing Bill's fans actually are. Uh, he told his co-host that he got to work, stack of mail was sitting on his desk, and when he opened it, he had hundreds of receipts from Bills fans who had donated to the Alzheimer's Associations. And they didn't just come from Buffalo, but all over America and North America. Uh, and then, again, Tennessee 2019. Hmm. Mafia, Mafia's sick, man. Yeah. It, it, they're unreal. They, the NFL on Fox in 2019 conducted an online Twitter poll uh, it kind of like a March Madness style bracket for the best fan base in the NFL. So Bills Mafia defeated the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints before making it to the Final Four against the Titans. After being ahead in the poll, Bills Mafia lost to the Titans, uh, but after speculation, but not after speculation that Titans fans purchased votes to help them win. <laughs> this Fo- is, this- Fox. Sports called it <laughs> another Music City miracle. <laughs> okay. The Bills even got in on the speculation, tweeting a Josh Allen gif of him shoulder shrugging and sent it to the Titans and the NFL Fox Twitter accounts. So, but again, Bills Mafia took the high road. A campaign was started uh, by Shelby Waddle, who's the wife of a former offensive tackle, Ladarian Waddle. Uh, and they said they w- we wanted to show yet again why we, as Buffalo Bills fans, are number one fan base in the NFL by donating to a Tennessee-based charity called the Victor S. Johnson Nashville Children's Alliance, a children advocacy center. Um, and to date, they have raised 14000 uh for them, hmm. which is wild. Coming out. Bills Mafia, man. You got to yeah. respect him. So props to Stu Swanson, who I think is a Bills Mafia member. I think so. And Big Dick Nick, who just pledged his allegiance. Just recently, he just hopped on board? Before the start of this year. I thought he was an Eagles guy. No. That's Mo in Springfield. Why is Nick's asking us Eagles questions before? What? Yeah. Oh, Nick's yeah. asked us a variety of NFL questions. <laughs> I loved when you were earlier in this episode where you were like, they're not a team that I follow. Well, <laughs> this whole podcast is about a league. Like, you should know a little bit. <laughs> they're not. Oh, what not... division do they play in? Yes, I don't look at that one. <laughs> I'm not NFC an a- North? Yeah. I'm not an AFC Minnesota. West kind of guy. <laughs> Detroit, Chicago, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fuck. And oh, are you? I'm done. Yeah, you're yeah. Done. That was Marty's. And and we got a, a Dickie's delight. A delightful Dickie. Yeah, a delightful Dickie <laughs> this week. Yes. And another sub saggy. <laughs> um, this one's actually pretty fucking wild, and it's a true story, and. Uh, I was watching a documentary called Outcry on Apple TV. I think it's on Showtime. And it's about a kid named Greg Kelly. And he's a standout uh, Texas high school football star. Um, quiet kid. Not the easiest upbringing. You know, both of his parents were sick when he was in high school. Uh, maintained his grades. Um, was, again, star safety DB for uh, the, the high school football team. Ends up getting 
Uh, full ride to Texas AST, I think it is, a Div 2 school okay, yeah. there. And um, so whatever, he's, he's getting ready to go to school. And he gets falsely accused of uh, sexual assault on two minors. Pretty serious yeah. fucking crime Holy in shit. southern Texas. Yeah. And and it's he is wrongfully accused, but obviously before all this happens, um, he actually ends up getting sentenced and has to spend 1,153 days in jail. What? Wrongfully accused. And he just recently got exonerated. How? Like... What, what was the evidence? Like, did there was zero? There was zero evidence on the kid. Um, just like a confession of the one child, and they were totally overlooking another suspect who is now the actual suspect who he was living with at the time. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. And they looked very similar. You know, he got put away. He got put away for four four years. years. On the testimony of a child? On the testimony of a child. That was the old... Oh my... Okay. Yeah. So it's all about the police corruption and there's conflict of interest with the lawyer that he had. And it's a pretty good documentary. It's called Outcry. But anyway, the delight part of the story. So he does get exonerated. Mm. And uh, now he just got a full ride to um, Eastern Michigan University. And so... He's EMU that. baby EMU he's an emu <laughs> and uh man I don't know why they're not named the EMU emus why not <laughs> what are they the EMU eagles I think I think they're the eagles yeah yeah um the EMU emus oh <laughs> I don't know it's a pretty it rates itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah I mean the guy goes to jail for four years gets wrongfully convicted exonerated and now he's going to fill, you know, yeah. get, his, get his dream in, it's in, actually, in a D one school. Yeah, it's actually nuts that he can, after four years off of not practicing, well, not being in the game. Obviously, natural talent. He's natural if, talent, and I'm sure he's watch, working out in jail. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But he goes to this gym in Texas um, where like Quandre Diggs works out. Okay. And uh, they get him like back in like NFL shape. Quandre. Yeah, <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's delightful, Dickies. Mm. And it's a good good documentary. You should check. Yeah, it out. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Showtime. Out, outcry. Showtime. Crave in Canada. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um. Well, <laughs> puff puff prospects. Uh, these seem to be getting more and more elaborate cases. We've talked about the <laughs> the turnover thank you card in Penn yes. State. The turnover boxing robe at Mizzou. Well, the Oregon State Beavers have a turnover chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Painted in the team colors. Orange and black. And then the guy just revs on the sidelines after he's created a turnover. And does it start? No. Well, yeah. They're, they're the Beavers, right? The Oregon, okay. The Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, part of their whole, like, shtick is, like, we saw logs with this chainsaw. Yeah. During the games. But like, it can't be a real crowd. chainsaw. Like, it might be a real chainsaw. 
But they're not firing it up. Well, let's see. Like, I'm sure it's probably floating around here on Twitter. <laughs> uh, turn over chainsaw. Man, it looks like it's fucking exhaust. Fucking exhaust coming out of that thing. Yeah, she's firing. <laughs> yeah, there must not be no no chain no no on chain it. on yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyways, I can't wait to see what happens this week, this Saturday. What is turnover chainsaw? Turnover That's chainsaw. good. That is that is good. Like what? Like how do they keep one upping each other? What's next? You know, fucking the turnover freezer. Oh, we put you ice cold, baby. <laughs> yeah. and just a massive, huge freezer. Like uh, when we were thinking about using Exhibit for the opening song. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I heard you like cars, so I put a car inside your car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard you like cappuccino, so your hood ornament is a cappuccino maker. <laughs> oh, man. Fun. That was a funny-ass show. That was a good show. X oh, to the Z exhibit. X to the Z exhibit. What was I? Uh, I was gonna. I had something in my brain, but it went away. <sighs> Anyways, happens. I've got something else for Puff Puff Prospects, and this one's a little bit of, uh, on a Saturday note. So, Journey Brown is a running back for the Penn State Nittany Lions, and uh, big news came out this week. Uh, he hasn't been playing this year, and there hasn't been much information why. But he came out this week and said that he's been forced to medically retire. So during the offseason, it was discovered that Brown was uh, hypertrophic, had hy- has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is when the heart muscles become abnormally thick. The thickened heart muscles can make it harder for the heart to pump blood and could result in cardiac arrest. So his coach came out, James Franklin, said uh, it was discovered through routine COVID-19 tests, although it is not COVID-19 related. We learned about it this in early September, and we've been working through this and dealing with this as a team. Journey is one of the most popular and respected players on our team. The entire organization has rallied behind Journey and his family. We need Nittany Nation to do the same, as I know we will. Journey has handled this unbelievably well. I know he'll be extremely successful in whatever he decides to do. He's been serving as an assistant coach running uh, for our running backs, and he's been very involved. He's been traveling to all games and all those types of things. We are able to go outside and get some second opinions. And uh, unfortunately, it was confirmed. And then Journey released a statement on his Instagram and on the team's website just thanking um, thanking fans for you know being with him and, and supporting him. Um, but he did say the pain of not being able to play the game I love anymore hurts. And I can't explain how I'm feeling right now. However, I can walk away from the game knowing I truly gave my all at every practice, on every down, and in the locker room every day. You never know when you'll play your last snap, but you know I left it. But I know I left it all out there, and I've got, got no regrets other than wishing I could step on the field one final time. So poignant stuff. He actually played, uh, started ten games for Penn State last year, rushed for a team high eight hundred and ninety yards, and twelve touchdowns on one hundred twenty nine carries. Um, and he rushed for 202 yards in Penn State's uh, 55-39 Cotton Bowl win over Memphis. Uh, and if, if you looked at some mocks, he was going early to mid-rounds as a RB1 potential. Uh, and Matt Miller called Journey Brown one of his favorite prospects. 
And it's pretty crazy. That's that's not easy to be the running back at Penn State. You look no. at the last two guys that were there, uh, Saquon yeah. and uh, Miles Sanders. And uh, yeah, so it's a big, uh, sad, sudden, uh, and unfortunate ending to a career that had a lot of promise ahead of it. So uh, he'll he'll be successful. He'll find something, I think. But yeah, tough for the guy. Puff puff prospects. Puff puff prospects. <laughs> Where are you taking us, Gord? <laughs> well, <laughs> one eye looking at me and one eye looking at the TV. Fucking cross-eyed right now. <laughs> Tiger Woods. Is, I was watching the highlights. Oh yeah. Um, but I think we got to hit the grinder next. Do we? Is that the order? Oh no. No. We got the no frills. No yeah. Hey man, you know what? It's been a long one. It's a late one. Yeah. Um, but that's good because no frills is, I think, open till midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Nigel's hanging out around there. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out with your buddy. <laughs> ask him. Ask. So is it true that weed weed gives me immunity to COVID one nine? <laughs> <laughs> the COVID one nine. Well, I asked Charles. He said no. <laughs> um. Well, but see the, no- what the GD says about it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I, like I said, it'd probably take one look inside me and be like, oh, man, you know what? You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Um, this week's no-namer is uh, Jacksonville QB, Jake Lutton. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know who he is either. <laughs> But he had a fucking hell of a game versus Houston in uh, Gardner Minshew's replacement. Yeah. Um, 304 pass yards, pass Teddy, one interception. Uh, but he did punch one in, and he had 13 rush yards. Good for 24 points for the kid. Nice little spin move on his rushing, too. Yeah, get yeah. it, boy. And it, I think his second pass was that, like... 70 yard bomb to dj shark exactly waiting for dj oh, oh DJ. waiting on you i've been waiting i've been waiting for keelan too a <laughs> 22 dollars keelan oh fuck you want chanel <laughs> no i just let keelan go okay okay matt stank stats not many but there's some interesting ones this week uh, Gord embarrassed me with those, all these Dalvin Cook stats because I legit have a Dalvin Cook stat that says first in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns, first in rushing yards per game, first in touchdowns, first in points scored, second in yards from scrimmage, and second in yards after contact. Guy's crushing it this yeah, year. Yeah, he's having a hell of a year. I had him last year, man. I fucking wish I had him this year. In, in two less games, man. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Devontae Adams is the first NFL player uh, in the history of the league to have three games in his team's first eight games of the season with 10 catches for 150 receiving yards. And the craziest thing is he's only played six of his team's eight first games. So I got him in the Flyers League. Yeah, he's been reliable when he plays. I guess that's, <laughs> that contradicts itself, doesn't it? It does a little mm, bit. Oh well. But yeah, he's... Like the last three weeks in the Flyers League, 42 points, 26 points, 32 points. And I lost last week, too. What else is new? Hey, that's not... No. In the Flyers? Oh, yeah. Flyers. That was my first loss in five games. Yeah. And I ran into a buzzsaw in Kessel who got like a fucking 180-some points. Yeah. 
Guys, team is good. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Kirk is the first Cardinal with a reception touchdown in three straight games in the last four seasons. So Kirk is the first Cardinal with at least six reception touchdowns in the team's first eight games since Larry Fitzgerald did it in 2015. Quietly having a good year. Sunday night was Tom Brady's second loss to the Saints this year. It's the first time in his NFL career that Brady has been swept in the regular season by a divisional opponent. If you include playoff games, Brady has lost twice in a season to a divisional foe just one time, the Jets in 2010. And um, six other teams have beaten Brady once in the regular season and then again in the playoffs. The last one was the Broncos in 2015. Mike Tomlin has now started his head coaching career with 14 straight non-losing seasons. No coach has ever had a longer streak to begin his career. The Steelers are 8-0 for the first time ever, and the NFL's only undefeated team. Wild. (sighs) It's a factory. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. (laughs) Tomlin's so goddamn good, man. He's so good. Yeah. And that, that D, man. Every level. Seahawks aren't just on pace for the worst pass defense in NFL history. They're primed to shatter the all-time record by nearly 1,000 yards. So the 2011 Packers had 4,796. The 2020 Seahawks are on pace for 5,794. Now, for what it's worth, the Falcons are also on pace to break the record by the 2011 Packers, but only by 170 yards, not (laughs) 1,000. The Jets fall to 0-9 for the first time in their franchise's history. New York ran on uh, Monday night. New York ran four plays for three yards in the fourth quarter. They had the ball for a minute and 24 seconds. Uh, Quarterbacks this season have rushed for 4,851 yards and 63 touchdowns, the most ever through nine weeks. That's already 22 more uh, touchdown runs for quarterbacks than the next highest season through nine weeks, which was in 2002 and 2019. Crazy. Scrambling. (laughs) Despite not playing since week five, Dak Prescott still has more passing yards than Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Cameron Newton. Not my boy Danny. No. (laughs) But, you know, Baker plays run heavy and is is terribly sporadic. (laughs) Cam was hurt. Cam was out with covid for two weeks the lamar jackson died. runs all the time true and kirk cousins is kirk cousins uh <laughs> and you have dalvin cook yeah justin herbert's averaging over 300 yards per game has a passer rating of 105 and his team is one in six <sighs> the Chargers' six losses are by a combined 24 points <laughs> wow and in their first eight games This is 2019 Lamar Jackson against 2020 Kyler Murray. Jackson had 2,000, uh, so first eight games, yeah, 2,450 yards. Murray has 2,673. Touchdowns, Lamar had 17. Murray has 24. And total QBR, uh, Jackson had 73, and Murray is at 77. It's interesting to note that last year, Jackson won the MVP by unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. So, quietly, yeah. Kyler's sneaking in there. He's coming on, man. Yeah, he's Gotta include him now. No milestone this week. No Marty's? Nope, cutting down the minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a one-hitter. 
This year's Masters champion will be crowned more than 500 days after Tiger Woods' victory in 2019. It will mark the second longest span between Masters champions, only behind the nearly 1,500 days that went on between 1942 and 1946 for the Masters, and that was due to World War II. Hmm. You know? Crazy. Tiger. Tiger. Well? <laughs> well? <laughs> oh, now it's time. Now we... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we hit the grinder. Yeah, that's right. Now we hit the grinder. Hold on here. I got a good one for you. Like, I got my ways. That is early Wiz Khalifa. Young and on my grind. Young and on my grind. And that is that is the definition of this yeah. week's grinder, man. Because he is young and he is on his grind. Yeah, and if you don't, you know, sometimes a grinder's got to squeak some, got to squeak some wheels by giving a bobcat guy a beer. Exactly to, to help you out. Exactly, tradesmen helping tradesmen, right? Um. This week's grinder, though, is a guy that's probably floating around on a few wires. And that's Mr. Jacoby Myers. Oh, and yeah. he had a hell of a game for the Patriots. Obviously, I don't think the Patriots threw one touchdown. <laughs> Cam rushed two. Yeah. But Jacoby, 169 yards. No tutty. Damn, he had 169 yards? Yes. <laughs> Quietly. First He's sitting on a lot of fucking uh, waivers out there. I know. I know. He is a, a guy who you could probably flex in a PPR league, no problem. Yeah. Um, He's the biggest biggest target they have. What, are they going to go to Demir Bird? No. Like, they have nobody. Yeah. Um, honorable mention to my boy, Travis Kelsey. Your boy. Cause he, the only boy. He had 159 yards. Yeah, he had a hell of a game. He had a Respect game. where it's due. He yeah. had a great game. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the grinder, you know, I personally haven't had to go to Home Depot in a little bit, but definitely be making a trip this weekend. <laughs> so, I'll be checking out the grinders when I hit it up again. Yeah, that's right. Fucking youngin' on his grind. Youngin' on my grind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well... Let's jump into the fearless forecast. Oh. Let's do it. And the terrible tank cast. Yeah. But you let's hit the fearless first. Alright. Let's okay. give a new hope. Okay. Last week, um I said Josh Allen would have two hundred and eighty yards through the air, three touchdowns, one rush tutty, and forty five rush yards. Now on this one, Maddie, I'm giving myself a win. Yeah. Because he had a fucking hell of a game. 415 pass yards, three pass tutties. Only had 14 rush yards, but he did have a rush tutty. 
I'm counting that one as a win. Yeah, I'll give that to you. He had a hell of a game, for sure. So, I'm I'm riding high. Yeah, but I'm just right <laughs> back down to normal <laughs> when I go for my second one, and that's Eric Ebron, <laughs> who I thought would have 75 yards in one tutty. He did not. He had about 50. 53 less yards <laughs> than I needed, but he still did get a tutty. So I obviously can't give myself half points. That's a loss. I now sit at three and seven. Respectable. You're respectable. I said, hey, I don't mind it. Okay, well, last week at wide receiver, I chose Adam Thielen against the Detroit Lions. I said that Thielen would be held to under 50 yards on four or less catches. With no scores. I know he's your boy, Gordon. <laughs> How'd I do? How'd I do? I'd have to look. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> he ended up with only two catches for 38 yards and no scores. That is bang on on every category. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> oh, Marty found something. <laughs> Kiss it death. Okay, at running back. And this might be... Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. But I had Jonathan Taylor for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I thought JT would be held to 10 attempts, under 30 yards, no scores. Okay. Okay. He had six attempts. Check. 27 yards. Check. Now here's where things get tricky. <laughs> I said he'd be held out of the end zone, but somehow he managed a goal line plunge where he went over the top. Okay. But he also fumbled on the next series, and that was returned all the way to the end zone for a touchdown. A fumble fumble six. Okay. Okay? So in my eyes, these two events just cancel each other out. <laughs> thus, giving me a W because I hit hard on the other two categories, making... This week, perfect for me. You know what? Because I'm a gamesman, I think I will. I will give you the the win. Okay, on that one. I'll gladly take it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, you thank will. you. You will take that and run. Okay, I am eating more W's than Jameis Winston, baby. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. Four and six. Rewriting the history books. They're going to write stories about me, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I shouldn't have gave you a win. I knew you'd have a song. Ah. <laughs> Looks so good tonight. Woo! Four and six, baby. Four and six. Well, I'm coming back this week, though. Okay. And I've, I'm I'm getting it. Aight? Okay. Aight. <laughs> Wide receiver, I'm going Allen Robinson, first mini. And I I'm like doing that. it for Clickbait Clark. Um, Mini's allowing the fifth most pass yards, but uh, the third most tvs okay. so pretty high on both ends and i think uh maybe nick Foles can sling the ball a little bit hopefully um hit alan and and get the kid a win because i need it 
110 yards, one tutty. I like it. I like that. Pen. All right. Come on, Foles. Running back. <coughs> a guy who used to favorite the pod. I had my own little segment about him. Oh. And that's James Conner. James Conner. Conner's corner. First Cincy. Well, look at how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cincy allowing the fifth most rush yards against, but has only given up seven tutties this year on the ground. But you know what? I think James Conner, I think they're. I think Pittsburgh's going to fucking play that chess game, run the ball. Um, Big Ben got a little shooken up last week. Yeah. So Both knees. I'm thinking 95 yards on the ground, one tutty, and 35 receiving yards. Okay. One tutty, 35 receiving yards. All right. Reasonable day for a kid. <laughs> That's a hell of a day for a running back. I'd take that in fantasy. Yeah. For sure. 100, what do you 100 got? 100-yard bonus. Who's tanking this week? This week at quarterback... The tank is Lamar Jackson against the New England Patriots. <coughs> While Lamar is one of the stars of the league, his play of late hasn't been anything to write home about. He has not thrown for more than 210 yards since week one, and now he gets to take on a Patriots D that ranks 7th best in the league, allowing an average of 232 passing yards per game. They've also given up the 4th fewest fantasy points to QBs this year. And I expect them to bounce back after getting ripped apart by no ordinary Joe Flacco. I'm predicting that Lamar will throw for under 200 yards, one touchdown, and one pick on Sunday night. Hmm. At tight end, I have all tight ends in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Now hear me out. Kittle is hurt. Kelsey's on a bye. And the options left simply aren't consistent or trustworthy enough when it comes to fantasy football. I'm going to go bold and say that none of them, not one, will score more than 12 points. No tight end. No tight end will get over 12 points. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if less than three got into double digits. Let the good times roll. Holy. <laughs> that's that's bold. It's bold, but it's going to happen. All right. Okay. All right. And I say that. Like, I would... I would love if Noah Fant got me more than five points once this once this fucking year. You know? Can't yeah, say. true. True. Can't say. Okay. Buds and duds. Buds and duds. Thankfully, you did the you did buds and I did duds. Yeah. No, we got it right. Okay, yeah. Um Buds this week. Quarterback, Kyler Murray, as we, we said, versus Miami. Um Hell of a game. 283 yards through the air, three touchdowns, 106 rush yards. Rush Tuddy. He had like 40 points. Guy's a beauty. Beauty. And whoever drafted him in like the fifth round. Scott. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wide receiver on the wire. Mm. Richie James. Yeah. the Packers. That was a bit of a surprise. Nine receptions, 184 yards, one Tuddy, 28 points really taking advantage of his opportunity man absolutely take got all those all those covid, COVID contacts out exactly yeah. running back obviously you got to give it to him dalvin cook versus detroit 206 yards yeah. on the ground two rush studies 46 receiving yards 41.2 points coming off and that was after the green bay game crazy jesus 
Um, tight end, Travis Kelsey versus Carolina. Uh, 10 receptions, 159 yards. No other option. No other option. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, the duds. These guys failed harder than Paul did trying to answer this basketball question on Jeopardy. Joel Embiid in 2019 won the trademark for this nickname of his that also describes the 76ers' strategy of improving the team. Paul, what is do a 180? Nope. <laughs> Margaret or Mike? What is the process? <laughs> whoa, 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 180. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so at quarterback, I don't think it's any surprise, but we have uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, tough one. Tough one for Tom. He only scored 5.3 points against the New Orleans Saints D. Tom Terrific was Tom Terrible. He passed for zero touchdowns while getting picked off three times. Right from the get-go, it was a struggle for Brady, even with his new weapon, A.B., in the lineup. At wide receiver, D.J. Moore against the Kansas City Chiefs. 1.8 points. Tough Moore's... to rely on. Oh, yeah. Moore's role has been slowly fading this year, as the Panthers' new acquisitions, Robbie Anderson and the resurgence of Curtis Samuel, have taken significant chunks from Moore's target share and opportunity. Last week, he managed a paltry 18 yards on two catchers, catches. Managers are hopeful that Moore can turn it around with playoffs looming ahead. At running back, James Conner against the Dallas Cowboys. Tough one. Two points. Managers were licking their chops when they saw this matchup on the schedules, but Conner laid an egg. He could only muster 22 yards on nine carries. Definitely unexpected. And at tight end, Jared Cook against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He got one point. One. <laughs> All those points. They scored 38 of them, and old Jared could get one point. Yeah. <laughs> he had two catches for 30 yards. Yeah, it's tough. Nothing man. more. Feast or famine when it comes to Cook this season. But owners have gone hungry more times than not. That's, not, that's like most tight ends in fantasy. So there we go. Those are the duds. <clears throat> well, should we uh, just rip through the leagues? Yeah, here? let's do it. Um, okay, I guess I'll rip through the forty. Sure. Last week. Um, region adjective one against the sweatpant boners, eighty-two to fifty-nine. Good on Nigel. Goes to two and six. Stewie having trouble with his starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah, he's starting a couple guys that were uh, yeah. shades of shades of twenty shades twenty seventeen shades of years past. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it produces an apology text, I'm oh, all for it. I hope so. <laughs> um, Strathcona and Coronas beat the Cowtown Killers one hundred eight to ninety two. Uh, Coronas sitting third, Killers are in fifth. Uh, East Lake Scoundrels beat Careless Whisper one forty to ninety two. Scott continues to roll. Uh, he sits in first. Careless Whisper in seventh. <coughs> the Butt Pirates beat the Blazers Hell ninety yeah. to eighty five. Yeah. Uh, Blazers or er, Pirates sit in sixth. Blazers are in tenth. Yeah. Kitten Boy beat the Valley View Vices one hundred three to one hundred one. Tight one. Um, Kitten Boy sits in fourth, and the Vices sit in ninth. The Degenerates beat me, the Hard Hats, 114-106, and I left Wayne Gallman on my bench, and if I would have started him, I would have won. 
Uh, I'm in 11th, and uh, Shaner is in 2nd. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's tough sledding in the 40 for the two hosts, that's yeah. for sure. Not doing great. Uh, longest winning streak. Oh, put the mul- put the milk in the saucer. <laughs> <laughs> Kellen's Kitties have won five straight, putting this team comfortably in fourth and three games over 500. These little fur babies deserve a nice belly rub and a couple new cat toys for their wonderful play of late. Perhaps even some treats as well. Meow. <laughs> These felines have been ferocious and have certainly been eating good. That's for sure. Din din. I want chicken. I want liver. Meow mix, meow mix. Please deliver. <laughs> Five in a row. Put some respect on the kitten name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put some respect on his name. Longest losing streak, Gordon. <laughs> a three-way tie between the biggest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> all snuggled up together in the Axe Head division. <laughs> John, Gordon, and Matt all have three straight losses. Oh, man. <laughs> Fucking Larry, Curly, and Moe. I know. <laughs> I feel like a stooge. Ugh, I feel so blah. I hate football. <laughs> Ugh. It's tough. It is. And uh, Johnny, he's made 37 moves. Gord, he's made 35. The gap is closing, though, with these two waiver warriors. The next closest guy is at 27. know what it is it's always johnny and gord battling it out fuck all right well the triple f um <clears throat> let me just pull her up here okay in week nine we had the trouser snakes big, getting a big w the trouser snakes Stu's team is sitting pretty in the uh triple f they're yeah. sitting in second place they beat the Kenny Banyas, 123-82. The Banyas sit in 10th. Worse than the Jets, continue their losing streak as Idlewild, the Idlewild Waps drop some numbers on them, 151-93. to The Waps sneak into the A-pool in 6th place. The Jets are permanently locked forever in 12th. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, River City Rough Riders put up 126 against Johnny Schmiller's team, 126-91. Uh, to the Rough Riders are 5th. Schmillers are ninth. The Pity the Foles beat a big one in the Battle of the Chicago Bears boys as he beat the Grosvenor Gluttons 134-112. to 112. Clarkie sits in 8th and the Gluttons are in 7th. The Bell Reeve Bulldogs flopped it. Whew. Flop it out, Bell Tough Reeve. One. They beat the Rundle Ramosas 179 to 136. Didn't even have a bad game. No, 136. That should win you weeks. Yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Herbert, 25. Wayne Gallman Jr., 14. Evan Ingram, 13. I'd rather hear his team. <laughs> Devontae Adams, 32. Cam Newton, 24. His Rogers, team. 32. Hill, 33. Thielen, 5. Yeah. Dalvin, 43. Philip Lindsay, 2.3. Gronk, 0.7. DK Metcalf, 24. 
Drew Brees, 21. Baltimore defense, 19. Fuck. Yeah, big week. And uh, my old town Tokes lost again uh, to Nine Rivers and Count. First place team in the league, 124 to 89. I don't know what I'm doing in football or fantasy <laughs> football. In the uh, in the Triple F, the longest winning streak. Well, after the Ramosas ran into a buzzsaw, the longest mm. active streak belongs to John and his family of Rivers children. The Tokes were more than happy to oblige him in his quest for a four straight W, improving his league leading record to seven and one. The longest losing streak. It's Graham, worse than the Jets. Eight games, eight losses. Although he's acquiring picks for next year as he continues to sell his team. You have to think that the winner this year will keep this in mind when handing out the punishment. Should he be in that position? Nonetheless, Grams is seemingly unfazed by the punishment that is staring him directly in the face. And don't forget, he has zero FAAB money to his name. He don't give an F about nothing. <laughs> it's crazy. Man. Oh. Uh, and it's hard to avoid the inevitable. Gord is now tied with C-Rob and his Kennys for most transactions in the Triple F. They both sit at 18. Hmm. Clark and Robbie are close by with 17 and 16 respectively. Of note, the Buzzsaw cast has only made two moves all season. Really? Yeah. Not active on the wire. Not active. No, that was the triple. Well, it's the triple. Well. What an app. Yeah, I don't really have a story time this week, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there was, you know, sometimes you got to axe and cut stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes you, know, you got to chop it up. Maybe maybe we can just say story time was also sponsor. Yeah. Bobcat guy. <laughs> yeah, Bobcat guy. We're combining sex. Yeah, Bobby, the theme of the episode. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby the cat. Bobby the cat. <laughs> Bobcat guy. <laughs> Gord's gonna buy a bobcat. Yeah, spite bobcat. <laughs> Fucking paint it with flames. Oh man, that would dude. Be you, and you wear the exact same outfit that he does. Yes, <laughs> bandana and club wraparound. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pair of spy glasses. This bobcat don't got no cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Well, oh, boys, shit. episode thirty-nine in the books. Great hey, for having you. Right, next, in the, right in the pocket. Right, 2.13. Yeah, right in there. Uh, hell of a week. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, Marty Marty don't got to work tomorrow, so. I do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> good luck, Gord. And uh, what we're going to say, oh, next week, the 40th episode. 40th and we play episode. in the 40. So, yeah. if hey, if you've got ideas on how to mark that occasion, members of the 40, drop us a line. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe more than two of you could send us questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, we got we got the yeti and we got the bear. They they submit. Yeah. So well, they they are no way affiliated with us, John. <laughs> okay. All, All right, right, boys. Well, we'll see you next week. Psychedelic flow, I'm the dope and the antidote Laid down the street from the package though, what you know Going back and forth, in and out, moving lateral Tools like mechanics, taking women for collateral Put her on the saddle with a paddle and an Adderall Just trying to strain it out like Lattimore Old tum ass nigga, you a 
building with the furniture. You still getting the hell done, I'm on the tummy tuck. Yeah, I'm two chains, I'm on the double up. In the double R with a double cup. Yeah, double park at the W. I'm from the south side, gonna throw it up. Been around lane, niggas give me phobia. Every verse I do need a coroner. They say I'm heavy handed when I'm pouring up. But C level, I'm on G level. Long as she naked, I don't see naked. Money in the way, for what they got to say. I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way. More three niggas, talking big flicks. On the phone up, and she still takes the money in the way, for what they got to say. I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way. It's definitely in the way, the bells will get replaced Whatever's in the safe, I put it in your face They say life a bitch, we going on a date I came from canned goods, I came from paper plates God don't make mistakes, but he'll make a way I got a pink ring, that cost my 80k You was led astray, I'm about to set the pace I think I'm booked up, but let me check the date Why my footsteps, yeah, ankle weights All the new skills Trying to calibrate, trying to add it up. I'm trying to allocate, rocking reptile, talking alligate. You can clap that, talking patty cake. School of hard knocks, you ain't graduate. Surround a bedroom with some yellow tape and some chalk lines. They gon' investigate, but C level, I'm on G level. Long as she naked, I don't see naked. Money in the way, for what they got to say. I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way. More than three niggas, talking big flicks. On the phone, on, and she still takes the money in the way, for what they got to say. I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way.